All right, all right, all right. So uh, amazing podcast community. So this is Rodrigo one more time here with the Mexpat stories, everything that has to do with Playa del Carmen, our fantastic travelers and the entrepreneurs of the area. Today, we're going to have a great, great guest. Um, his name is Neil, but I would really like him to uh, introduce himself. So first of all, welcome. Thank you. All right, so Neil, would you be so kind to tell us your full name? Because it's uh, it's not my first language, English, so okay. sometimes I just make mistakes. Okay, it's, it's a pretty big last name. My last name is hyphenated. It's Reeve Newson. My first name is Neil, so Neil Reeve Newson. Neil Reeve Newson. See, and that's N-E-I-L. Okay, very. See, I was not gonna be able to pronounce that, but thank you so much. All right, Neil. So um, first of all, welcome to Playa. I know that you've been here for a little while and experiencing this beautiful uh, city in development. But I bet there's a lot of people in the audience that lately has been coming to the podcast that um, has no idea what the city is and what we're doing here. Why are the digital nomads coming to Playa? So why don't we start by the basic part, which would be, who are you? I'm from Canada originally. I lived in Canada most of my life. I became a digital nomad about four or five years ago. And I went to Asia initially for two months. It turned into seven months, almost a year. And since then, I've been traveling around the world, lived in Barcelona for a long time too, and settled in Playa. Great, great, great. So is that the person that defines you, the traveler, the entrepreneur? What is it that defines you? That's a good question, because you really, you're a certain way based on the person that you meet. So I guess I define myself by the actions that I take every day, what I'm trying to accomplish in life my actions, my words. So it's more in the intention than a label. It's the action, it's what you get to do that defines you more than I am this and how you present, right? Correct. You know why I think this is important to um, mention? It's just like we have created a society in the past decades that people put their uh, uh, studies above who they are so like in mexico i don't know if it happens in canada or any other country there's a lot of people that actually switch their facebook into uh dr eisenhower or like <laughs> it's like yes i agree you're a doctor and congratulations for that but i believe that uh, you're still a person or i would like to connect more with a person than the doctor because sometimes you're not in the business mode right right and still like that a lot of people rather and introduce themselves to introduce themselves rather than just uh, create that bond between the person and the new person right so it's complicated so um, that's what I wanted to ask you so you see yourself more like a person that is more what he does than uh, just a regular label um, like I, I define myself to give an example I think going on what you said at the talk that I did about um, shamanism and the health benefits and how it affects entrepreneurs the, the label that I used on the speaker, as a speaker, was Neil from Casa de Sol Shamanic Retreat in Ecuador. Yeah. But I also have a marketing business in around Global. And that business is, helps customers around the world through Google Ads, some Facebook Ads, SEO. Mm -hmm. But I didn't choose to label that as my title on the talk because the audience wasn't there to learn about marketing, SEO. They were there to learn about mental health. Okay. So I like that. Yeah, I guess it, it's how you want to come off the audience that you're speaking to, and I'm sure there's different sides 
of everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think we're all different versions with each person or with uh, every task that we get to have, right? This is something that um, I'm very clear with. I don't know if it's in someone else's opinion, but it's part of the development of uh, each individual nowadays in the world is multidimensional, I would say. You can be so many different things nowadays. You can be, you know, in the regular days, you could be like a mother, a father, a brother, just a partner. But right now we have so many options in the world that we can be whatever we want. You can be an entrepreneur, but you can also be this marketing leader and you can be this part. So there's a lot of different things that um, I'm very happy that we can experience as new generations nowadays and the new business models, because um, I don't know if you what you think about this, but I think that finally we were able to reach an age uh, of the world where we can talk about business without having to be the suit people that only is at uh, Wall Street, for example. Mm-hmm. So now we're creating a generation of people that are um, very diverse with different labels, which I don't call them labels, mm-hmm. but with different actions. And today we can uh, create the foundation for a new development in the world, in the business world. Right. Thanks to technology. Absolutely. <laughs> like it's incredible that someone can be actually an entrepreneur or a business owner from Facebook, which is the easiest thing in the world. You can sell your stuff and just start a little business or promote yourself, your traveling businesses. It's incredible that we get to reach that part. So, all right. Thank you so much for that. Um, now, I would very much like you to uh, tell the audience. So uh, what do you do and what do you do? What do you do? Okay. So what do I do for part of the day? I spend my time with clients on my marketing business. So I help them find more customers online or help customers find their companies online. So that, that operates like a boutique marketing agency. And the other side of what I do is with the shamanism. Um, sorry, I pronounced that completely wrong. Uh, well, I can help you with this. In okay. Spanish, we say chamanes. And chamanes. So it would be chamanismo, right? Because it's a Spanish word. Uh, but yeah, say it again okay. in English. Shamanism. Shamanism. So, Right, so I partnered with the retreat in Ecuador cool. to build their site and all their digital properties to help their business expand and to help them help more people. Because the shaman itself that I partnered with, he used to work for a larger retreat that was very popular, but when he left that business to start his own retreat, he was left kind of at ground zero. Um, so no website, no reviews, no visibility online. So I saw that he was a great shaman, did great work, um, helped a lot of people live better lives. And I came into the picture to help him, more people find out that he exists and that his own retreat now exists. Okay. And since then, I've been working on a bigger project that helps bridge the clinical psychology practices with traditional shamanism because there's things that are in psychology, clinical psychology, that shamans just don't know about. They're great working with the medicine, working with the spiritual side, but they're not therapists. So I saw that a big opportunity in the market to bridge these two gaps and to help both therapists and shamans use each other's techniques and learn from each other. That's very interesting. That's a, a whole different perspective on, on what people get to see because uh, part of the question is why you do this. But beyond this uh, why, I would like to say like knowing everything that you can hear uh, around the ayahuasca subject that to people is like still a barrier like I wouldn't I would not call it a drug myself because I'm from Mexico I know exactly what it is and how it's being promoted but there's a, a lot of um, let's just say people out there that think that 
it's still something as, that has a negative connotation. And coming from a country that, like yours, Canada, that is still a little bit like very focused on the development, but there's still a little bit of a barrier towards specific things. And I don't know how you manage this because I, I heard from some people in Canada that they still have a, how we call it, like a resistance to this. Mm -hmm. How do you get to apply that into your uh, life from Canada? That obviously you're not there, clearly, but you probably have a link to that part, to what you're doing. That's something that I was very curious the other day that I heard you talking about this. Okay, let me just rephrase, like, how do I apply? Can you repeat that? Yeah, I just, because there's a lot of negative connotations to what the right. ayahuasca is. Okay. And a lot of countries that are a little bit more developed in structure, social structure than Mexico still has a resistance to these kind of uh, options. Mm -hmm. And I'm very curious on how someone coming from a country like this, which is uh, to me obviously fantastic and one of my uh, five top five in my bucket list to go and visit, gets to end up here doing what you're doing, knowing that there was a, a massive uh, resistance to this. I'm very curious because I've seen a lot of people moving lately from other countries, but mostly from Europe, mm. but never from Canada or the US. So far, it hasn't been my experience and I've been here for 15 years. So I'm very curious on how that is right now in your world. How do you see it? What, what the people says about you being part of all of this? Okay, well, there's always going to be resistance to, to drugs um, like ayahuasca. There's going to be people that will never do it, will always think that it's a dangerous drug. And like, that's okay. Maybe they'll think different later on. But right now, I don't try to help those people. I try to help people that are interested in it, have a need for it and they just need a little more education on it. Oh, you nailed it with that. Absolutely, you totally nailed it. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to go, get to and you just rephrased it. All right, so it's more for the people that is truly looking for uh, that option that you're offering right now more than trying to convince others that this is not something uh, like the way they see it, right? Right. I like that. Yeah, there's going to be a tipping point and right now the, the early adopters um, like any early adopters for any product or service, one more people in this movement using these medicines, then the news will just spread. It's going to be picked up by the government. It's going to be legislated. So it's going it, mainstream. It, it'll change in the future. We still have a lot of things to deal with. I think Mexico is uh, it's, it's going through a struggle right now, specifically for these things. Um, I was reading a lot of information lately about the marijuana situation. They're legalizing it in some states, Mexico City for this, but there's a lot of information that hasn't really put it. It's not there completely um, clear to everyone. But now when it comes to ayahuasca and all these things, I think the market is opening more and more and there's, I get to read a lot of information from other countries saying that ayahuasca is going to be over in the next years. Uh, someone is like... All the people are saying that it's not going to happen, but one of the things that I do believe is with the um, market growing as it is today, it might be an option, just like what they're doing with the marijuana in the future, to let these retreats be more open to the public, so mm -hmm. this negative connotation of what the ayahuasca truly is uh, gets to be offered. Yeah. Do you think that I, would that be a possibility? Like, I should say like at this moment that there are a lot more medicines like ayahuasca that can be beneficial that are used in shaman practices like peyote, mushrooms, yeah. San Pedro. Ayahuasca is the training term right now, so that's, I guess we'll just use that word for this conversation. But the demand for it is growing faster than the shamans and the retreats can grow. Ooh. Wow. So 
the retreats, the shamans will always be busy. They'll always be full. Um, and the shamans, traditionally, they have to learn through the grandfathers that's been passed down through the lineage. So you can only have kids at a certain rate and teach people at a certain rate. The shamans used to learn for years before they use the medicine, before they teach it, give it. But because the demand is growing for it faster, that means other people will have to be trained in a more scalable model. So I think, I believe that therapists, psychologists will start adopting these practices. Um, Interesting. Life coaches to a certain extent, maybe not ayahuasca, but the... Like alternatives from the ayahuasca. Right, alternatives where it's not as intense. Okay, that's actually very interesting and a different point of view. We have to go back uh, sometimes to our most natural state, right? I think uh, we have let the uh, industry of uh, pharmaceutical industry mm -hmm. just grow too much and just mon create a monopoly, not only on the, on, on the product, but also the idea of what's good and what's bad. And I, as I said, I'm from Mexico and I'm very happy with uh, the development of all the news options that are just starting to come and right. we're opening to this uh, new group of uh, more westernized minds and they're coming now to just experience these different things. I, I am very happy to, to see people coming and despite everything that has been said uh, to explore this. I myself have never done it. Um, I bet you have and if you have, what, what, do you, what do you have to tell us about your first experience? My first experience was in Ecuador um, about two years ago now, and it was probably one of the best things I've done in my life. Yeah. The, the ayahuasca personally itself, it hasn't had a huge impact on my life, but San Pedro has. Okay. And that's, it's a cactus just like peyote is, the active compound is masculine. So like DMT and ayahuasca, it works on the serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter in the brain that's responsible for like mood, cognition. Uh, memory, sleep, appetite, social behavior. And a lot of the antidepressants on the market, considered like SSRIs, antidepressants, they work on the serotonin system too, but they're more like a band-aid to the core issues. Okay. But ayahuasca, San Pedro, can get at the core issues and resolve them from inside. Oh, okay, so they're two different things. It's yeah. almost, but almost same experience, would you say? I'd say there is some overlap in how it works in your brain uh -huh. and um, some of the, the experiences during the ceremonies, but it is, I'd say, completely different medicine. So now you're talking about peyote. Um, I'm very curious, have you ever been at the Real de Catorce? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. No? Okay, so uh, Real de Catorce is this very popular spot. Um, not sure right now exactly where in Mexico. I, I know it's uh, closer to the, to the north part of Mexico. And that's where a lot of the artists of Hollywood and a lot of celebrities from the world goes to have the experience of the peyote because it's a, a oh. main desert. Uh, one of the real uh, proofs that we have about this, uh, not only on the map and all the information, but that the, the artists are going there. Yeah, have you heard the song Vertigo by YouTube? I don't think so. And like, uno, dos, tres, catorce, and then the song starts. It's a very old song, okay. I love it. But they're talking specifically about their experience in Real de Catorce. This whole uh, song Vertigo is about that whole band going to try peyote there. So I think it started just okay. creating some connection to the place and now we're having all this experience with the uh, um, ayahuasca and a lot of more people is asking, uh, and I have heard about this, uh, about LSD experiences around the area. So I'm like, there's some major changes here. They're not just regularly going for the regular 
things that people get to offer on the street. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. All right, so that was very clear to me. And now that you are in Playa, uh, why would you pl like choose Playa um, doing what you get to do? Okay, so I probably lived in maybe five different cities throughout the world, like Chiang Mai, another place in Thailand, um, Barcelona, Toronto, another city in Canada. It's a long list. And, and Playa. So Playa overall had the best factors of where I decided to live. So things like weather, like climate, pollution, it's pretty good here. Um, activities to do. So there's anything you really want to do on like health related activities, physical activities, uh, spiritual activities, business activities, it's here. And it's not only here, it's everything's within five minutes bike ride of each other. And <laughs> yeah. not yeah. only that... You guys don't know this, sorry to interrupt you, you guys don't know this, but um, we we just uh, made a rendezvous point so he could just come to the podcast and he was like, I'm I'm in this street and I was like, oh dude, you're on the other side of the stadium and like, I'll be there in two minutes and like literally in two minutes he was already here, although he was lost on the other side. And that is something that I love about Playa, the distance is nothing. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. Um, and especially if you're on a bike, there's no traffic at all, it's no stops. And also a lot of the activities are very affordable, if not free. That's, that's very true. Mm -hmm. That is very true. So, it's, something that pops in your mind about that? Um, about the activities? Or? Yeah, about the activities that you get to realize that are for free, that you actually get to enjoy, that you would not be able to do in Canada, for example. We know the, yeah, about the ocean, but that's a very it, common thing, right? Yeah, so a lot of the activities, the, there's different talks, different meetups on a wide range of subjects. There's True. different physical activities. There's different types of dancing classes almost every night of the week. Yes. And there's a couple of great gyms. Um, there's note days, there's diving, there's like full moon meditations, there's sound healings, there's breath work. Yeah. And, and many of these activities are actually just, uh, uh, how do you say, donation based? Correct, yeah. Yeah, donation-based, um, you can actually make arrangements with the teachers and all that, which has been fantastic uh, for many of the uh, expats and the digital nomads that we have here in the community. And you're right, something that I'm very happy is to see this new development of the digital nomad community that is just starting to pop up here in Playa more and more and more. And you get to have these uh, nomad talks, and now we had the Nomad Summit in Cancun, and now they're all coming to Playa. I'm very happy for that. We had the Playa Frenor Summit, uh, yesterday we were at the Nomad Stories as well, and they're all for free. Well, not the Nomad Summit, that was the only one that was not for free. Um, but it is fantastic, as you mentioned. Uh, so now that you're in Playa, uh, would you tell us a little bit about your experience in Playa? And... Sure, so another reason why I did choose Playa to, to settle down full-time is the people. So, because of all the reasons why, other reasons why I decided to settle here, it attracts people of a similar mindset, similar lifestyle, a lot of similarities. So you get to see, it's like meeting your tribe and living in the same city, really close to your tribe. And I probably have more close friends here than I have throughout the world. That is also true. Just in Playa. Do you think it has to do with the development of the city? How it's actually being built? Because I'm sorry, but I, I do believe that Playa has... I've never been in Chiang Mai, I've never been in Thailand. I've been uh, busy with my own business in the, the past four years. I used to travel a lot, uh, but I never made it all the way to Asia or 
to one of the main nomad spots now. But I can see that they're coming day by day and for the little information that I have is because we have a little bit better Wi-Fi than other areas around here. And the structure allows you to have a little bit of the city essence, but at the same time, part of that hippie lifestyle mm -hmm. that we get to have. Do you think it has to do with something like that or do you I have think, a perspective? No, I think that's definitely conducive to everything that's happening. Um, I, I guess that's more on like the urban planning front where it's, there's a lot of these city structures but then you're really close to the jungle you're really close to the beach really close to the hippie areas <laughs> <laughs> that is true um, so it's pretty balanced in that sense yeah there's you have the lifestyle for party like nightlife but you also kind of go work with people network a lot create really good friends because as you said there's a lot of experiences not only the drinking part which is very common here especially for tourists but mm -hmm. once you get to settle down here i think you get tired of that lifestyle and um, yeah, like a lot of people say it's touristy, touristy, but the person saying that is usually just a tourist. <laughs> uh, and they really haven't been to Playa yet. Cool. I like it. No, and that's that's true. Something that makes Playa be uh, the Playa is the people. Mm -hmm. It is. Uh, we are a compilation of stories from all over the world, from different ba uh, cultural backgrounds. I mean, you're Canadian, I'm Mexican, and the other day we were among uh, some German people, Polish. Uh, we were some Russians lately. There were some Australians in the middle of the group, and there's a, a bunch of accents and ideas, and everybody was having a great time all together. <laughs> so um, I think this is very similar in, two, in, in other places, but I get to see the responsibility of those guys. There was a point during the night where we were having a couple of drinks after uh, a summit, and everybody started just going because they had to work the very next day. I'm not used to that because I'm too Mexican. <laughs> so when Mexicans go out, they go like out, out. You know, I was like, okay, I'm very proud of these people. They're very, <laughs> they're very focused on what very they're doing. Very responsible, yeah. Very responsible, and I'm enjoying this experience. So uh, close this on 30 minutes, so people don't get bored and they continue with the rest of the life. But um, tell us something that you recommend to these travelers about what you have experienced with ayahuasca here and something else that you would have told about Playa that would probably encourage them to come here. Okay, so about ayahuasca and other plant medicines, shamanic plant medicines, uh, Playa is probably one of the best places to be for it because it's, it seems to be, although it's technically, I think, still illegal in Mexico, it's because it's used in therapeutic purposes, it's basically allowed so there's absolutely like no worries about engaging some of those medicine practices here um, and even just being around people that have been involved in medicine ceremonies or shamanic practices just being close to those people you you have a different sense of comfort and you're able to relate to these people very well about and it does change the way you live you live your life so it does trickle down into the everyday lifestyle and and vibe of the people here. It's, it's very fun. Um, what was your other question? Um, what would you recommend people that is maybe you know having a resistance to come here? This is something that Johnny. Uh, we're, I was listening to Johnny from the Nomad Summit yesterday, uh -huh. and he kind of mentioned out of nowhere in, in, in the talk. He said. Um, there was a lot of people that text me, don't bring the summit to Mexico, it's too dangerous for them. And once they were here, they were all like, oh, I really wanted to come, I just didn't want it to come by myself. So I know there's some resistance to people, but now that you're here as a Canadian person with all this uh, experience traveling around, what would you tell uh, to all these people about 
coming here either as a digital nomad or as an expat? What would be your recommendation or your best experience, something that would encourage them to come and not listen to only media or other people that have never actually been here? Right. So the type of people that only listen to the news and only think the negative things about Mexico, it's probably not the best people you want here regardless. And even if you didn't talk to those people directly, I think just people that do come here and do experience the real Mexico, their networks, their personal networks and their word of mouth will naturally bring in the right people at the right rate. That's really good. Yeah, that's actually very true. Uh, then I will have one more question, like a personal question. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> going to be very deep. Uh, now that you're in Playa, probably, uh, have you been in other parts of Mexico? No, okay, not, well, it's like Bacalar, Tulum. Okay, so it's basically Riviera Maya, so, so not far from here. Since you arrived here, what is your favorite dish in this area? Oh. Something that people can't miss when they come. And you can say the Arab taco that I took you the other day. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I already know that Johnny's gonna say that. Those, those are hands down like really excellent tacos and there's some like fabulous restaurants here for super cheap. But my favorite is how ripe and cheap the avocados are. And basically, <laughs> I've had guacamole for dinner multiple occasions. Just guacamole. Yeah, they're just guacamole. You know how to prepare good guacamole? We'll have to test that and I'll let you guys how that works. Because this is not the first time, uh, sorry, the last time we're going to have uh, Neil here with us. Um, just for you guys to know, I, we have a lot of digital nomads, a lot of entrepreneurs lately that we are uh, connected to, both of us as uh, close friends now, I would say. And I want to create a panel just for this podcast so we can just discuss different opinions for everything that is happening in Playa. So uh, you will not be missing Neil uh, for, uh, for a long, long time, I promise you that. Do you have any plans to travel somewhere else in between so people maybe be able um, to find you? Yeah, I'm going to Ecuador first two weeks of December for a big retreat and then Canada for Christmas and I'll be back here. Okay, very good. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for your time. As always, it's always, always, have. I'm very happy to see you. It's always a pleasure to have My people, pleasure. people pleasure with different, yeah, it's just, I love to have people with different opinions and I really appreciate that you're taking the time. I know you're busy. Um, so I've seen you hustling, like all of, when I go to Nest, yes. I go yeah. to Nest Co-working, which is uh, one of uh, our close allies for the Mexpat Club. And I get to see these guys like plugged into the network and they're just like, they disappear like the matrix. Um, so I know they're hustling. Um, how can people reach uh, out to you? How can they find you? Uh, the best place is either Facebook or Instagram. Facebook or Instagram. So Correct. would you uh, and, let us know? And my Instagram handle is Neil from Canada. My Facebook, you can just Facebook my name, Neil Reefnison. Can you spell that? Sure. N E I L. <laughs> My last name is hyphenated, so two words, R-E-E-V-E hyphen N-E-W-S-O-N. Very good. So I'm going to try also to add a little link because uh, I post this on Instagram and obviously the Spotify, but I'm going to post the link directly on the Instagram, which is Mexpats uh, PDC and obviously on Rodrigo Sagastegui, uh, you might follow that one as well. And if not, this also gets to be shared at the Mexpat channel and the Mexpat club. So we have a lot of different platforms <laughs> to share it. And I'm going to put directly your contacts over there. Thank Fantastic. you so much for everything. Hey, have a great you. time and keep enjoying Playa. And just let's, let's just keep doing what we have to do in Playa, which is uh, enjoying life. Much awesome. Thank you so much, man. All right, guys. So this was one more episode of the Mexpat stories. Um, 
pay attention to what's gonna happen next because we are bringing a lot more digital nomads. There's a lot of entrepreneurs. There's a lot of interesting people coming this way and I will not let them go without giving a, uh, them uh, their opinion about what Playa is going and what they do for a living. So love you all. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great time and don't take too long to come here. Love ya.